anytime I'm stuck on a project, anytime I'm procrastinating, anytime I'm like unsure which direction to take my business in, I ask myself, what's the immediate first step? And just do that. I'm Brian Kramer. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is making smaller shifts. It's the small shifts in our lives that can create epic outcomes. Your journey to be more deeply connected into the life you truly deserve starts right now. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm good, Brian. It's good to be here. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to have you on the show. And I'm really looking forward to this. I first and foremost wanted to ask you if you could give everybody who doesn't know Mark Manson, give us a little bit of background. Who is Mark? Well, I am a a blogger, an author, an internet entrepreneur. Um, I started blogging and started a few internet businesses back in like 2007, 2008. And things really kind of... The writing side of everything started to take off around 2010 or 2011. So I was like, all right, I'll just keep going with this. And um, it's just kind of exploded the last few years. And my site gets anywhere from one and a half to two million readers per month. Um, it's at markmanson.net. I write about I hate I like the the word self-help is kind of icky to me, but it's technically it's self-help. Um, but it's it's I like to think of it as kind of like a, a different style of personal development. Um, I often jokingly say it's personal development that doesn't suck. Um, or I sometimes tell people it's self-help for people who hate self-help. But it's basically, it's kind <laughs> of like a little bit of like a in-your-face, uh, confrontational, no BS approach to personal growth and development. And um, I just like to have a lot of fun with it. So. <laughs> I, I definitely could see that on your site. I know that you also have some fun in the way that you write your books. And um, so why don't you tell us um, about that? What, what, what is your, what, what got you going on the book and um, with this, with this latest book and what, what, um, what, what were you trying to achieve with that? So I knew, I knew a couple of years ago, I wanted to write a book. I, I felt like I kind of stumbled upon, I started writing articles that you know when you, 2014 you would go on facebook and you would see like 12 different articles of, of people saying like you know do these three things to be more happy and like all these like cheesy listicles popping up from buzzfeed and everything and i started writing stuff that that just kind of like poked fun at that or or a little bit like poked holes in it um so i would write kind of the same listicle style but then i would just like dump on people's face like all of this kind of contrarian perspective and advice and um and I I decided that I really wanted to write a book about this and so I started working on it a couple of years ago and when I was about halfway through it I uh there was one there was a weekend where I was actually I was in a pretty crummy mood and um I had this idea for an article in my head it was called the subtle art of not giving a fuck and my idea for the article was I wanted to basically use as much profanity as possible um, and use it in very like creative and ridiculous ways, but at the same time give people like talk about like really really deep 
profound life issues at the same time. And so I wanted to kind of like create this tension within the reader of like, what the hell is guys just dropping F-bombs and making poop jokes? But like, he's like talking to my soul at the same time. And um, that article just kind of like exploded, became extremely popular. Um, I think it got shared over a million times on Facebook. And, uh, and so at the time, my agent was like, called me up and was like, that's the name of your book. <laughs> and I was like, but wait, I have this other title. It's really good. She's like, no, that's the title of your book. So here I am today with uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. <laughs> uh, it sounds, um, sounds like your attitude actually helped create uh, some of the ambiance around it. Or is that just um, you know coincidence? No, it, it's something that... I mean, it's something that's part of my personality. Um, I've always kind of had a little bit of a like a rebellious attitude, and I think in this day and age, especially with with Facebook and social media, I mean, like being contrarian works very well right now um, in terms of like getting a message out or getting something to spread. Uh, and so, <laughs> being kind of a contrarian asshole is like all comes very naturally to me so um the fact that i was kind of writing writing articles like stop trying to be happy or um you know love is not enough uh or the subtle art of not giving a fuck like these things i think they were just uh naturally um in they were naturally predisposed to do very well on these sorts of platforms on like the social media stuff so how do you teach people to subtly not care? So there is a subtlety to it. And the, so the first, the first reaction everybody generally has is they're like, okay, I'm supposed to not give a fuck. That means I'm not supposed to care. Right. And it's really, that's not entirely true. Like, you know, you don't want to live a life of indifference that doesn't, that's never really helped anybody get anywhere or accomplish anything meaningful. So the first subtlety of not giving a fuck isn't so much just learning to like not care about things. It's learning to only care about the things that actually matter. It's really the whole thing about this book. I tell people that the whole not giving a fuck thing, it's really just a, a trick to get the reader just to think about their values and what's important to them. Because that's really what the entire book is about. Is it saying like, you know, if you feel like you're struggling in your life or you're stuck or uh, you're not achieving the things you want to achieve and you feel powerless to, to achieve them, maybe the issue is, is what you're actually choosing to find important. Maybe the issue is, is like how you're, how you're evaluating things, like how you're defining success for yourself. How are you defining failure for yourself? Uh, because in my experience, when you really get down to the core of why people suffer or why they struggle uh, or why they feel like they can't endure their struggles, it, it has to do with how they're defining those things for themselves. So the essence of not giving a fuck is actually just learning to give a fuck about the few things in life that really genuinely matter to you. I have to say, this is probably the most I've heard the word fuck on this podcast 
<laughs> are you are you gonna bleep it or, or do you no i'm gonna play it as is i okay. think that i think we gotta do that um it's i've done a few interviews where where they're like they kind of start freaking out they're like i don't know what to do <laughs> this is a lot of beeps <laughs> yeah no i think we got to stay within the uh the um authenticity of the yeah, gotta, of the book here <laughs> gotta keep it real right right so okay you 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 uh you write this content and build you know a book and and do all these different things but what are a couple of things that people can actually do and how does this help them like how what could they do to take the steps towards just i mean i get the the fact that it's not it's 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 not caring not not caring for somebody it's just right. placing the right emphasis on um how to be happy i i think is is what you're what you're saying and and so how are you saying to do that and what what is the what's what are some of the outcomes you've seen well i think the first thing is that people need to learn how to be honest with themselves about what they're actually valuing um because i mean one of the problematic things that i talk about in the book is that we as humans, we kind of all exist with this default setting where we always assume we're right about everything. And it's not that like we're arrogant or that we're full of ourselves. It's just that's true about everybody is that our first assumption is that whatever we believe to be true is true. And then it takes a lot of like pain and effort and contradictory evidence to ever change our minds. And the issue with this type of, you know, knowing what to give a fuck about or, or uh, looking at your own values and deciding like, is this serving me? Is this useful to me? Is this helping me in my, in what I'm trying to do with my life? Um, you have to be willing to, to question those, those initial beliefs and assumptions. So, um, so a starting point that I have in the book, I have a chapter called, uh, it's called why you are wrong about everything. And then in parentheses, I say, but so am I. Um, it's basically, I'm trying to kind of reintroduce a little bit of like healthy skepticism to people. Um, because it's like, if you think about yourself, say 10 years ago, um, or if you think about yourself like back when you were like starting some of your first, your first businesses, and you think back to like what you believe to be true at those times, um, Chances are it would like make you cringe a little bit now. You're just like, God, I, yeah, I was so naive. I can't believe I used to think that. Um, and this isn't just true in terms of like skills and knowledge. It's true in terms of what you believe to be important. You know, if you think back to when you were 25 or 20, the chances are the things you thought were important back then, like the person who you are now, you look at that and you're like, wow, I really had no clue what was actually important in life. Um, and so really we're just trying to break down this process of like evaluating and evolving what we believe is important. And the first step to doing that is to be able to admit your own ignorance about things. Um, because that process is always happening. You know, you and I, Brian, like we can sit here and talk about all the things we believe to be important or true now, but 20 years from now, we'll both look back and kind of shake our heads and be like, God, I can't believe I... I used to think that. And, um, and so it's, it's important to be aware of that process and to start 
to develop a healthy habit of questioning one's own assumptions, uh, questioning what one considers important, to ask yourself, uh, you know, maybe I'm I'm prioritizing the wrong things. Maybe these goals aren't actually serving me, and um, to basically learn how to always keep that, like, a healthy sense of uncertainty in your head. It's um. It sounds. It sounds like um. It, it, it almost like it's formulaic, um, and you're trying to undo what some people are. A lot of people are born with, which is this emotion of caring, either sometimes a lot or too much. Right. And um. And so, have you have you seen like have you researched people that are having too much too hard of a time being too compassionate too empathetic and how how what's the success rate of them getting to the other side uh, so it's interesting i i talk about um so so you you actually you bring up a really good point there's there's kind of two when you when you enter into people people's relationships um there's there tends to be two styles of problems um you basically you get the people that you just mentioned the people who are uh too compassionate too empathetic usually these people put others emotions ahead of their own um they're usually bad at standing up for themselves um they usually become very preoccupied with how their partner or their friends or the people around them feel all the time. And as a result, they, they don't take care of themselves enough. Um, and in, in the literature, these people are often re- referred to as like codependents. Um, and then you kind of have the opposite, which is people who just don't give a fuck about others. <laughs> you know, they, they're just like, I just want to make a ton of money and I don't care how, and I'll like scam people and lie to people and it doesn't matter. Um, and those people, it's, it's more of like a narcissism. Um, and so you get these kind of two varieties of people who are unbalanced in the fucks that they're giving. Um, you know, the codependents care way, way, way too much what other people think of them, how other people are feeling, um, and they're constantly sacrificing themselves to their own detriment for the people around them. Um, whereas the narcissists are, are kind of always uh, self-absorbed and not not caring enough for how their behaviors and their their actions are affecting the people around them. And so uh, it's important to strike a balance where there is respect for other people's needs and emotions and there's but there's also respect for yourself. Like the, I think everybody needs to find that healthy balance. Um where they're not just motivated by either pleasing others or pleasing themselves, but they're, they're like finding those win-win situations, uh, whether it be in business, but social relationships, family relationships, whatever. It, is, there a, is there a tipping point? Is there a moment when you've gone too far or you've... You, there, and there's no point of return. <laughs> you've said too much. You've done too much. I mean, we've got a pol- political election right now that almost um, begs for 
you, <laughs> what you're talking about here, this book is probably, you know, totally applicable to what's going on in our election, um, <laughs> on, yeah. on, on a lot of sides. Um, but, but, you know, they've tipped, like there's been a tipping point and, and there's, it doesn't seem like you can return from it. Is that right? A tipping point in, in what sense do you mean? In, um, in, 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 in social, um, relationships publicly or social personas or personal brands or yourself when people are out there debating or, uh, it, let's take the, the, um, election, for example, when, when, mm-hmm. if Trump is, is being Trump, um, you know, it's almost like you just want him to come either come forward and say, you're kidding. You've been kidding this whole time, right? Or right. you took it too far. Or, but, you know, it's been, and obviously I don't mean to take this into a political realm and we don't have to, you know, go there. But it, just using him as an example, there's, there's like this tipping point where he, he, he just took it way over what we used to see with him on TV. So it's basically, you're kind of asking, like, is it possible to come back? Yeah, is there a possible? Is, is there a place where it's like impossible to come back? I, I think. I mean, I I don't know. I think that that answer is probably very dependent on each person or brand or situation. And uh, but I do know that for that to happen, usually the first step is always kind of a either a public recognition or ad- admission or an, ad- an admission to whoever you're having the problem with uh, of my values were out of whack. Like I was caring way too much about this one thing and it was wrong and it was hurting me and it screwed a lot of things up. You know, I think that is always going to be required for there to be any chance of kind of like resuscitating a relationship or uh uh, I guess a reputation, um, but de- depending on you know the extremities, like it's it's you know, I, and I think in the case of both Hillary and Trump, and probably for for different reasons, I imagine like they're both like they're never going to be untarnished again. <laughs> you know, like there's just been too much in Hillary's case. There's just been too much stuff over too long of a period of time. And in Trump's place, in Trump's situation, I think it's it's. There's been too, the what's been said has been too uh, intense, um, for there any be, to be any sort of turnaround, you know, in the next few months. Like, if anything, it would probably take years um, for them to like kind of rebrand themselves a certain way. It's it's a it's fascinating, not just politically, but just as a um, you know, as a marketer and people that are going through personal brands, building up their personal brands and looking at how uh, you know, how they make sense of their message, if you will, or their platform and how they're gonna come out uh, you know, with with that message. It it makes a lot of sense that you want to craft it in such that you're not going to either go too far and and walk that line. I think, you know, what's going on right now has certainly proved, you know, that you can, you can take it over, over that line. And you've obviously, you know, based upon what you just said, it can, it, it can be taken too far and it would take a long time to come back. Um, I, 
I have so many more questions for you, but, um, you know, we're, we're starting to run out of time. I know, um, you've got some time, uh, short, uh, you, you have a limited amount of time as well. I wanted to get into the human to human lightning round. Um, okay. and if you don't mind, we'll take two minutes or less to, uh, answer each of these. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, man. Who do you look to the most for advice? I'd say my wife. She's like one of the smartest people I know. Nice. Well, we will make sure to link to her so she yeah. knows you said that. <laughs> yes, please. Everybody email her and be like, <laughs> oh, wow, Mark said a really nice thing about it. <laughs> and, and we'll make sure that she knows it's not the subtle art of... Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, uh, what's your best personal productivity suggestion? I know you know you write a lot. Your, your blog obviously gets you know, over a million hits a month. Well, how, do you, how do you manage it all? What's your one productivity suggestion? My biggest piece of productivity advice, uh, or the best one, um, and I actually I got it from my high school math teacher. He told me once, he was telling us once, like we were taking like a math test and everybody was stuck. Like everybody was just kind of like staring at the paper, like completely bewildered. And he like stopped the class and he said, Look, if you guys just start writing down the problem and write the first step. Usually more often than not, you'll figure it out as you're writing. And sure enough, like we all tried and it was amazing. Like we would copy the problem and then do the first step. And then once you do the first step, you're like, oh, there's the next step. And then you do the next step. And then as you're writing the next step, you start seeing different ideas for the next step. And it was amazing. It was like magic. Like my math teacher was, uh, he was, he was an amazing guy and you know he was like 70 years old so he had been teaching a long time when i got into college i started to discover that this applied to like everything so anytime i'm stuck on a project anytime i'm procrastinating anytime i'm like unsure which direction to take my business in i ask myself what's the immediate first step and just do that and it removes all the expectation and pressure. And then once you do that first step, suddenly all the other steps start opening themselves up in front of you. Man, that's, that's awesome. I love that. I hadn't heard that one before. Um, what business book would you recommend right now? Um, Besides your own. <laughs> the, one, the one that I've read recently that I loved, this is just the first one that's coming to mind. Um, I read Peter Thiel's Zero to one. Um, I th- I thought it was absolutely fascinating. I'm more of like a concept guy. Like I'm I I, I enjoy books that like get into like big ideas um, more than like nitty gritty do X Y Z. Um, and so I thought zero to one was just brilliant. Cool. We'll we'll have to link to that. And then what's one thing that has you excited to work on right now? Um. Oh man, dude, it's this this book is just like all consuming. <laughs> it's been like nonstop promote. I mean, you know how it is. So it's like nonstop promotion. I'm looking forward to so once all this book is done and everything, like and all the promotion is done and everything, I'm really looking forward to getting back to my website. Um, I've got some ideas of of some things I can do to, to kind of enhance the website, new types of content to create. Um, so I'm looking forward to the chance to do that again. 
Nice. And final question. If you had to start over tomorrow, knowing what you know now, but you don't get to take the money with you, but you do get to take the knowledge, what's the first thing you would do to build your career back up? Start a WordPress site. Um, I mean, the beautiful thing about being a writer is that it pretty much is just pure knowledge. You know, you don't need, I mean, networking helps, technical knowledge helps, uh, you know, assets help, but it's ultimately it's, it's, it's a skill and you can take a skill with you anywhere. Hey, I'm not sure if we can end on a better point. Um, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking some time and talking with us about, uh, both your book and, and, and not, not giving a fuck about this, this, uh, interview. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. I, I gave, I gave a fuck. It's, I, <laughs> I brought the fuck with me today. <laughs> I just so. had to find a way to sneak the title in. <laughs> but I appreciate you having me. It's, it's great meeting you. Great talking to you. Cheers, man. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe. We love having subscribers just like you. Download a few more episodes. And if you feel moved, we would so appreciate a review. I'd love to also hear your key takeaway. What impacted you from this episode? You can tweet me your answer and reach out on Twitter at Brian Kramer. That's Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K. And definitely be sure to join us in our Facebook group. We have just under 3,000 humans just like you and me looking to connect even more imperfectly. Until next time. Until next time.